Welcome back to the Adams Ward podcast. Today we're sitting down with Sister Erica Young and excited to learn more about her and her story. And just to jump right in, Erica, why don't you just tell us about your childhood and where you grew up? All right. Um, I grew up in Olympia, Washington. I was born in California, but we didn't live there long, so I don't remember much of that. Um, The home we grew up in Olympia was in a weird spot because it was in town but kind of on the outskirts so we had a few acres we lived right on a creek on woodland creek and we kind of lived this rural life but down the road is like fred meyer so it was kind of fun because we were had we had some space to run and play and we were outside a lot but we were still close to everything we needed it was a little bit Interesting as we had friends, all of our friends though lived in like subdivisions and apartments. So coming to our house was really weird. <laughs> they would, we would have animals running around. We always had at least a cow, chickens, turkeys, peacocks, um, dogs, cats, like kind of a little hobby farm of random things that we'd collect. So, so it was a fun little area to grow up. My parents still have that house. And so it is fun for my kids when I go back to visit. Yeah. There's no animals and the fields are overgrown with blackberry bushes, but it's still fun. Um, I have seven siblings. Well, that's the short answer. When I meet people, that's, oh, well, there's eight kids in my family is a short answer. But my father was actually married previous to my mom. And so I have three half brothers but they were so much older that we never grew up with them. They were out of the home and I didn't even know them or much of them until really recently actually. And it has been fun kind of getting to know them and building a relationship with them. My kids get birthday cards now from Uncle Mike and presents and it's been really fun to nurture that relationship and, and really open up our family. There's always room for more and, and more love. So, yeah. but even without the, the three older brothers, it was still a full house with eight kids. I am number five of the eight and I'm the only one with red hair. So I wow. always feel like I didn't quite belong. And a funny story when I was little and I didn't know anything, somebody asked like, wow, or, or commented that all the kids look different because we really do. We have very different features and hair colors. And I said, well, it must be because we moved around a lot (laughs) and not knowing, you know, anything. So, um, but we do, we all, I have red hair. I have siblings with dark brown hair to blonde and we're just, yeah, very different. Okay. Um, hobbies growing up. Like I said, we had that outdoor Plenty of acres to run and play and go down by the creek and find frogs. And we try to find crawdads or avoid crawdads. And a lot of our time was just out playing and building forts. I played a lot with my three younger brothers. As we say, are all your siblings pretty close in age? We are. We we actually really are. About 18 months to two years is, I think, the biggest stretch. And so, yeah, we played and fought really well together. (laughs) But I think when I was real little, I spent a lot of time with my brothers and we would go outside and play cars and in the water. And 
in the winter when it was raining, they humored me and I would, I like to play school a lot. So I was the teacher and (laughs) I would make lessons for them and give them homework and things like that. Um, And then as I got older, then I kind of gravitated to my older sister, who again is only about 18 months older than me. Um, And her and I would then do things or I would tag along with her and her friends as she did things whether she liked it or not. (laughs) So, yeah, so that was a little bit about growing up. Yeah, I love that. I I was sitting, before we started this, I said, Erica, I already know so much about you, but now I've already learned. Yeah, there's so much more. more. Um, Yeah, so tell us about, like, your high school experience and what kept you busy during your high school years. Yeah, I was was actually really busy. I like to be involved in a lot of things. Um, In high school, I did especially early in high school i did key club and i volunteered i was active at church so key club is a service club and it's kind of the high school kiwanis so there's this whole like if you've heard of the kiwanis for adults Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so this is like the high school version and they actually have one for college but i can't think of what it's called but it's like this family of clubs okay and so i was involved in key club and i did track all my high school years. In fact, that was my only tie to the school, my junior and senior year, because I did running start. So I was at the high school freshman, sophomore year. And then come junior year, I pretty much dropped all my high school classes because I could do it at the community college and I would be done by noon. So I would have my half day of college classes and then I'd do whatever I wanted to do until it was time for track. And then the evening was homework or yeah. whatever other thing I was involved in. Did a lot of babysitting. I um, did Big Brother, Big Sister at one point. Had a little sib that I'd go and have lunch right. with. So I just, I, I really was super busy. And thankfully, my mom was a stay-at-home mom because she was the one for a lot of that. Just Running chucking around, around all my things that I had signed up for. And she was more than happy to support me and and pretty much everything that I wanted to do. Oh, perfect. Well, tell us about your education and um, your life to so you after school. After I graduated high school, well, when I was in high school and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I, I'm a list person and I've said that before, but so I wrote down, I really did, I wrote down like all the things that I like to do and I loved animals. Growing up, I loved horses. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll do something like animal science or zoology or something like that. And my dad told me, he's like, well, there's no money in that. So keep thinking. And so I'm like, well, I also like medical things. Um, I don't think I ever wanted to be a nurse. I don't know why, but that wasn't on my list. Actually, anesthesiologist was on my list. Okay. <laughs> and for, I don't know why, but I do remember that being on my list. So I just kind of combined, I'm like, well, this is basically a veterinarian. And people have been telling me that I should be a veterinarian like pretty much my whole life, but I never, I didn't want to do it because that's what everybody told me I should do. Yeah. But so since this was my idea, it was okay at that point. <laughs> so, so I did, I decided to be a veterinarian at the end of high school. And I was trying to decide where to go and being in Washington state, the school that would make the most sense would go to WSU as they have a vet school. But I didn't love the idea of being in Eastern Washington for seven years. 
And my older sister, Nicole, had gone to the University of Hawaii at Hilo. And she told me I should go there. So I looked up on all their programs and they actually had a pre-veterinary program. And so I was like, sweet, I'll go there. So I, I applied and there was a, um, some kind of agreement and I'm not exactly sure what it was called, but it was, you could get in-state tuition in Hawaii and there was some, something between Washington and Hawaii. And so it was actually really inexpensive. It was lease or it was, uh, less expensive to go to Hawaii than it would have been to go to WSU for my undergrad. And, and it was Hawaii. So I'm like, sure. Why not? (laughs) So after I graduated after that summer, I went to Hawaii and I stayed in Hawaii three years because it was just too expensive to fly back and forth for summers. So I just worked over there for the summer. Um, I, I only had to do three years as I had, while I was in high school doing running start, I did receive my associates. Okay. So it gave me a little head start. Yeah. So I was able to get my bachelor's in three years with that little nice. extra head start. And it was great. It, it wasn't maybe the most rigorous program as WSU would have been. And maybe it would have prepared me better to have gone to WSU, but I, I caught up with yeah. everybody in, in school eventually. Um, lots of great experiences in, in Hawaii, just being my, on my own. Well, I had my sister and I actually do have an aunt that lives, has lived in Hawaii for 30, 40 years. Like she's just but I adopted love I, I'm thinking style. of myself when I graduated and then I wouldn't have been that like courageous and brave to yeah, go out if, on my own. If my sister wasn't and, there, um, I don't know if I would have. Because, yeah, like, there was no driving home. There was no yes. coming back. And um, and I I guess I was just so up for it. But I was yeah. thinking about that. Man, I couldn't believe my mom, who was like, okay, you know, somebody who I was like, I had never left home for really anything prior to that. So to yeah. go from home to now thousands of miles away across the ocean with, you know, differences in time zones. We didn't have a cell phone yet. So... You really couldn't even get in contact with us that easily. Um, yeah, so oh so what did you do for work during your summer breaks there? Um, I worked at a agriculture farm that okay. University of Hawaii had. It had a sustainable farm, and so I was basically a farm hand, and I fed the pigs, and they had pigs and goats, sheep and cows. And we would rotate cows through their fields. We would process baby sheep and goats as they're born and tag them and get them all set. Um, they would sell the animals and, um, so good experience going into your, for your field. Yeah, it was, it was really good experience for my animal science degree. That's what I ended up having. It was animal science with a pre-veterinarian, focus is what the program was. And yeah, so I learned a lot of large animal. Um, I am art, I am a artificial inseminator. Um, I have been certified in that for artificial insemination for cattle. So (laughs) that was one thing that we did. Um, and besides that, I actually also worked at Ross. They had a Ross there. So it it kind of was a fun mix of things, but I was again, really busy there too, where I just had, things that I ended up being involved in, in addition to work. 
And there's a lot of time for play too. I might have done better in chemistry if I didn't yeah. go <laughs> if you to the Hawaii. beach in the morning. I had chemistry like at nine o'clock and I had a friend who liked to call me up and go bodyboarding okay. prior to class. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I would have done a little better, but. That's and okay. then obviously you made it back stateside. So. Yeah, I graduated, graduated in 2005. And the plan was to go right to vet school. And I applied. And I actually had a couple of classmates who also applied who were going to be going to vet school from, from Hawaii. And they both got in. And I was put on the basically an alternative list. Mm-hmm. And... That was really hard for me because up until that point, I just did whatever. Yeah, yeah. I know. I just, I got, I did my stuff in high school. I went to university. I just did, everything just kind of came along and things just fell into place. And so this was just supposed to fall into place and I was supposed to go to vet school and move on. So when I didn't get in, it kind of shook me. Like this is the first time where I've had rejection in my <laughs> life where I'm like, wait, what a minute. I am supposed to do this. And, um, and that was one of those kind of turning points where I had to be okay with that and kind of accept God's plan for me. I'd, I always have had a testimony of the gospel. I don't feel that it was something that I had to get one day. Like it just grew with me as I grew. Um, but what I didn't have is how to use that testimony in my life and how to put my trust in God. And so this was one of those turning points where like, okay, if this is what's supposed to be, then what do I do? Um, lucky for me, when I was in my interview, they said, if I didn't get in, it would be because of my lack of experience working directly with a veterinarian. So I had the grades, I had my large animal experience, but I didn't ever work directly with a veterinarian. And that's what they really wanted to see is that okay. you knew the profession, you knew what you were getting into type of a thing. And I really didn't. Um, and so I took that to heart. I, since I didn't get in, I went back home after Hawaii and I applied for a job in a vet clinic. And so I was hired as a veterinary assistant slash technician at a clinic in Bellevue. So I had a brother living in Kent at the time. And so I moved in with him and started working in Bellevue at a cat only clinic. All they saw was cats. So it was very interesting. Yeah. To, to go work. from cows to cats. Cows yeah. to cats. But, you know, I had grown up with all sorts of things, so that was fine. It was just interesting, the clientele that would come okay. in. Because this was a very highly specialized clinic. And since they only saw cats, you know, you kind of paid a little bit more for this. Yes. Um, for the, uh, the, uh, the, what they offered there. So, um, so I did that for a year. And the whole time thinking, like, okay, what am I supposed what am I supposed to do? Kind of yeah. the whole not getting to vet school kind of threw me through a loop. And I was trying to figure out what to do. I was attending a YSA ward in Bellevue. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm supposed to just meet somebody and get married. That's yeah. why I didn't get into vet school. I was supposed to get married. And and the people in Bellevue 8th Ward, these are, they're, they were a little older 
they had already returned. They weren't school. They were returned from missionaries. They were done with school. Like these are people that are starting their careers in Microsoft and Boeing okay. and Amazon and things like that. So, uh, so they were all ready to get married. And so I figured that's why I'm here. And that's what God has planned for me. And there was a, a, a relationship that I thought maybe that's where it was heading and that didn't work out. So again, I was like, well, great. That wasn't the reason yeah. I thought I had it figured out. That wasn't the reason. So I decided to reapply for vet school. I was getting the experience. So I figured I might yeah. as well. I reapplied after a year of working in that cat care uh, clinic and uh, went in for my interview. And I, it was the only place I had interv- I had applied to was at WSU. So prior to the first time I had applied to a variety of different okay. schools, that, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I didn't get into any anybody. And so this year, I'm like, I'm only going to send it to WC if I don't get in. I'm not going. That was going to be it. Like, okay, if I get in, I'm going. If I don't, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And and that year, so I went into the interview and I was just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I went really... Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. I really was like, okay, if it happens, it happens. And so that was a good feeling. You know, whenever you go into an interview or anything and you have that mentality, it just goes better. And it went really well. And I did, I was accepted that year to start. And so um, 2006, I started vet school at Washington State University. So it's a four-year program. And it was pretty intense. Like I said, maybe if I had gone to a different school, I might have been better prepared um, I really struggled my first year because I hadn't quite got the study skills that I needed. And so it was hard to get into the habit. Like all you do is study, you know, yeah. that that's it. There's no, there's no more fun time. Good yeah. thing. WCU, there's nothing to do. There's no beach. So that helped, yeah. um, helped me kind of maintain my focus. And yeah, it was an intense four years, but you know, just like anything, you do it a day at a time and a class at a time and we made it through. And so I graduated from WSU uh, with my doctor of veterinary medicine in 2010. Okay. So, yeah. And so where did Clint come in amidst all yeah. that after you graduated? Or so he came in the picture during vet school. Okay. So um, between my... Well, I guess it was during my first year that I met Clint. And it was kind of funny because um, it was just kind of on a whim that some girls from Pullman were like, we want to expand our horizons here. And so so one of the girls knew about the Spokane dance schedule. Like there was a young single adult dances that Spokane held. And she invited a few of us to come with her to a dance. And it might have been in the valley. I honestly have no yeah. idea where it was. I wish I could remember, but I just, I wasn't paying that much yes. close of attention. Um, and Clint at the time was in Coeur d'Alene in Dalton Gardens. And he was, attend- he attended that same dance. So that was the first time that we met was at this young single adult dance. And because he was in Coeur d'Alene as I, and I was in Pullman, it, you know, it was definitely not, what, and, yeah, you know, straightforward relationship. Yes. It was a little, it was a little convoluted in how everything happened. Um, in fact, he, I didn't even give him my phone number. He didn't ask for it at the dance. We danced the very last dance together and it was like, okay, 
Mm-hmm. See ya. <laughs> um, he, but he, I guess I made a good enough impression on him that he, and through our talking, he knew I was in vet school and he had a friend in vet school and there's a vet school directory. So he had his buddy get my phone number okay. and I get this random text from an unknown number asking me to attend, I think it was a hockey game in Spokane, like the next night, like it was like a Wednesday or something. Yes. It was a weird time. And I, I didn't know who it was. So I had my friend call his number okay. from her yeah. phone <laughs> and, and he didn't answer. It just went to his voicemail and she had known him because Clint went to the university of Idaho and had just left the area prior to me coming. Yeah. And so she had been in the area long enough to know him and she told me, like, you don't want anything to do with this guy. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you, you, this, you, don't, you don't want to date this guy. And so I was busy and, uh, you know, it was the middle of the week. And I just texted back, like, no, I'm in school. Sorry. Yeah. This, this that isn't going to work. Um, come to find out later, he actually asked one of the other girls that had gone to the dance with me. So I really was just, yeah. <laughs> and she ended up going to this hockey game or whatever yeah. it was with them. And so it was, it was kind of I, like, okay, whatever. Just, yeah. I had my thing going on. Um, and then just through time, he was just fairly persistent about going on a date. And, um, I went back for back home during the summers and he uh, to uh, Western Washington, and he had family in Western Washington. And while he was there, he asked me out on another date. And so it was just through a lot of kind of weird yeah. situations that we finally went on a date. And um, then we just decided to make it more official. And we began just a long distance that's not that far, but yeah, but this is relation yeah. from Pullman to uh, Coeur d'Alene. And so we just take turns driving weekends to visit. And that went on for a little while. And I was a little worried since it was long distance when we started talking about marriage because like, okay, you're fun on the weekends and this yeah. is great, <laughs> but I'm in school, you're working. How do we mesh in regular life? Yeah. Because yeah, it's great when you get to just yeah hang out and play with somebody all day. You know that's that's fun. So he moved to Pullman. He quit his job. He had a really good job, and he quit his job and moved to Pullman so he could be closer yeah. okay. for a few months to make sure things would like yeah kind of work out and get sick of each other. Yeah. So luckily, <laughs> it worked out, and uh, he asked me to marry him, and. We were married in the Portland Temple on August 8th, 2008. So our anniversary is 888. Oh. So it's kind of not too hard to forget. (laughs) Don't remember remember that one. Yeah. Okay. And now four kids. Four kids. Yes. So we have uh, Carmen is our oldest. She is 11. Brody is almost nine. Colette is six and Karina is three and all of my kids just like their dad and just like their grandpa have the initial CBY so Brody is a nickname um, all the kids have CBY initials which is 
nothing that I thought I would ever do yeah. to my children, but I did. Makes it easy to label coats. And yes, <laughs> perfect. So I'm like, ah, oh, they'll, they won't be living all together no. when they're older, yeah. so they won't even know. But yes. um, so yeah, we touched on, you know, obviously some turning points, but do you have any others that you feel like you've thought about that dramatically impacted the course of your life? Um, well, a couple more similar to that experience I had when I didn't get into vet school. I, again, I, I feel like the turning points for me were turning and aligning my, my goals with those that Heavenly Father had for me. And so when I didn't get into vet school, I, it, it made me just stop. You know, I was like, just going forward, go, 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 go. And it made me stop and reflect. I was like, what am I doing? What is my plan? Is this what God wants me to do? And, um, and making sure that I'm doing it in the right time and, and the way that he wants it done. And so uh, another similar turning point was after I graduated from vet school, I had a job lined up. And I remember just before graduation, I was online looking at houses. Because you know, that's what you do yeah. as a new grad, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like looking at houses. I figured I had a job in Olympia, uh, where I had where I had grown up. It was fairly close to parents, but a little far away to give some space. And I figured that's what we would do. And I started looking for houses in Olympia. And I graduated, and I started working at the uh, Steamboat Island Veterinary Clinic. And I thought everything was just going to start falling into place, but Clint could not find work. Well, he couldn't find work that he didn't commute two hours for. Yeah. So he didn't want to be in a car for four hours a day. And I didn't want that either. Uh, when I graduated vet school, I was three months pregnant with Carmen. So I you know, didn't want to have him gone all the time commuting. And... And so it was really hard to have, to trying to figure out what to do, where I'm like, wait, I just graduated all this work and I was working full time and pregnant and Clint's like frantically trying to find something that he could do and nothing was, you know, and he did temp work and he really did everything he could in the meantime, but he just couldn't find anything. And it was really like, we really struggled, especially that first year out of vet school and I, and I just kept thinking, like, well, I'm, again, like, I'm doing everything I want. Everything Everything's right, supposed to just yes. fall into my plan. This is my plan. Why isn't it falling in? And I think that it just helped me put on the brakes again and just say, okay, you know, you need to put more trust in God that you can do it all on your own. But how much better would it be with Heavenly Father helping and guiding and directing mm-hmm. and not missing out on maybe other opportunities that could potentially come just because I was so focused on this plan that I had to do. And so that, that again, helped me, um, just try to realign my, my life with the plan that God had for me. And it took a little while. Um, Clint never really found work in Olympia. And so he, through connections that he had made in Pullman, he went back to work um, in Pullman. So I was working in Olympia. 
after Carmen was born, she was about three months old, and I was working in Olympia with three-month-old baby Carmen while he was in Pullman, and he would commute home on weekends. Um, My parents were the caregivers for Carmen, and my dad was so great. He would drive over to the apartment we were staying in and watch Carmen all day while I worked. And then when she was a little older, then I would drive her to their house. And again, they would just watch her. And that went on for 15 months or so. And I just, again, I was like, I had a job. I'm working. I'm Mm -hmm. doing my own thing. And so I was kind of hoping that Clint would eventually find work in Olympia and that the Pullman thing was going to be temporary. Yeah. And it just never happened. So I had to like, okay, so what are we, what are we going to do? We can't keep living like this, the driving back and forth. And one day Clint went into a a veterinary clinic in, it was actually in Moscow, but they're Moscow Pullman, right? A lot closer than that. So he asked and just, Hey, are you hiring vets? My wife's a vet. And she said, yeah send her, you know, send, have her send my, her, my, her resume. And so I did. And I was basically like extended a job without being there. Like it really just worked out. Like he's put in my resume. Um, and then the, the owner contacted me and we chatted over the phone a little bit and I did have an in-person interview, but it was pretty much just to meet formality. Formality. Yes. (laughs) And so I, so we moved to Pullman and it was really hard. I really didn't want to move to Pullman. I didn't want anything to do with Eastern Washington. Like I was, my plan was to be in Olympia and I, you know, had family there and that's just where it was supposed to be. And so that was just one of those that really, it took a few, it was kind of a long turn, but it turned me um, and it was wonderful going back to Pullman now that I had been gone for a year and I come back and I have a toddler, it was a whole new place. Like I didn't know where the city library was or that there was a pool. <laughs> and so all these places that I didn't even know existed because I wasn't yeah. looking for different stage of yeah, life. different stage of life. So, um, so it was really fun to go back and see it was like a whole new city. Like I really was seeing it for the first time where it had a lot because it was a college town, a lot of young families. It had a lot of things to do for for little kids. Mm-hmm. And we ended up being in Pullman for about seven years. Yeah, about seven years that that we that we lived there and we made really good friends and still have friends that come and visit us. Luckily for us, we're so close to the temple. It makes it easy for people that as they're coming up to the temple to swing by and say hello. And we still go down and visit. Um, So it was a really good growing place for Clint and I where, you know, maybe we wouldn't have been able to grow as much as we did if we had stayed in Olympia. And we definitely wouldn't have grown if everything had just worked out. And I had bought the beautiful house and I was working and he was working. And um, obviously, like, things are super different. I'm not working right now. And um, and I don't know if this path would have been even an option for me if we were living there. Okay. And so... Um, yeah, so it was a place of a lot of growth and developing and 
That was great. And then it was time to leave. And Clint wanted to expand a little bit on his career. And everything just fell into place to have us here. Like just worked out how it was supposed to be. And so I, I think God had directing our lives for sure. And then um, just needed me to allow him to direct my life. And so some of those turning points were just having um, me to stop, put on the brakes and allow him to like, okay, yeah. let's get you out where you need to be. Well, we feel super lucky to have you here. We, it's hard to imagine not being here. So <laughs> I know it feels forever. so good yeah. to be here. Like it just, like I said, everything just fit in and our, with, with where we're at with our home and friends, like just like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Yeah. So maybe 15 years ago, well, I guess it hasn't been quite no, 12 years ago since I graduated vet school, um, I wouldn't have put myself in this area or place, but it just, yeah, it's so looking perfect. forward. Do you want to get back into the no. vet field? Or? Um, it's <laughs> really hard. Still? It's really hard because I, I have some very specific directions in my patriarchal blessing about focusing on family and resisting it says resisting the siren calls of the workplace and so I am very hesitant to um to go back to work there's lots of opportunities yeah for Shelly Clark really wants to go work and I do I want to work what I am worried about is it, it really is easy. Like a lot of jobs in a lot of places you start, okay, I'm just going to do for five hours and that turns yeah. to 10 and 20. And then you're there more and more and more. And, um, and so I would like to be in some type of a role, but the timing just hasn't been right. Yeah. And especially when COVID hit, if I had been working, it would have been super hard. Yeah. So it was nice to not I didn't have to worry about it. The kids came home and they're like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's just move on. There wasn't a yeah. huge disruption in my life at work. Like, yeah, having the kids made things a little crazy, but it yeah. wasn't, I wasn't in a panic to find childcare all of a right. sudden and to figure out what Juggle I needed to do. All. Yeah. I didn't need to do that. And that was a huge blessing. That Definitely. wasn't a, a concern for me. Well, let's move on. You you touched on just always having a testimony and just always knowing where you stood in the gospel. But what what have you done to continue nurturing your testimony during your adult life and trusting in God? Yeah, it's true. I really have felt um, I just have a kind of a believing heart, I guess I would say, or just I always felt somebody else was there with me. Like I felt I felt presence of the Holy Ghost in my life since I was young, that I just felt directed, um, to do good and to be good. And, um, I, I think throughout my life, it has, it definitely has developed, you know, as thinking about my testimony as a child, it's grown and has developed since then. And I think the biggest way it has developed is just by living life and trying to do what I can do to, to follow Christ and to, you know, go to church, do the things that I'm supposed to do and just like put it to the test. Like, I feel like I've learned the most just by doing it and feeling like each day, like, okay, I, I feel peace at what I'm doing. When I was, when I was working and trying to decide, you know, about continuing to work or what, yeah. I just felt, it was like, just 
just so much anxiety and discomfort in my mind and my soul. Like it was really difficult. And every time with the gospel that I have chosen to follow God, when I have chosen to put him first, it's just peaceful. And so I have just clung to that feeling the peace. Like, and I can tell the difference, you know, when I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing, I'm really trying hard. I do feel at peace and I do feel, um, like just depending on it doesn't even matter what things are going on in the world like I feel I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and things will work out and um and maybe that's maybe a little too optimistic sometimes because yeah. I just feel like everyone like oh the world is terrible I'm like oh okay I'm it's doing okay. all right yeah. it's a, you know like I'm okay but um and I know things are rough and hard, um, but I feel like the more I have opened my life to having Christ in it and to just strengthening my testimony a little bit at a time, it, it's just brought me a lot of peace. And so I'm like, okay, well that's bringing me peace, so I'm, then I wanna do more, and I wanna learn more and develop more. And um, yeah, so it's just been a lifelong gradual process there's there's been few and will continue to be yeah and can will continue to be and yeah because there's things that I still want to learn to understand and things that I feel a little tension about you know when I learn the gospel and it kind of gives me a little tension or apprehension and I'm like okay I don't quite figure that I don't have quite the peace with that subject or whatever it is yet mm-hmm. and I just but I keep moving on and and eventually it comes and I still might not understand it, but I feel peace. Like, okay, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. And then I move, move on. So, yeah. Well, before we wrap up, anything else that you think of that we didn't touch on? Um, I don't think so. Okay, so we'll finish up with asking, what does being a follower of Christ mean to you? So, for me and like others that I have listened to, um, being a follower of Christ is really being doing what Christ would do. And um, sometimes I get frustrated with my kids because, you know, I'll ask them to do something. I'm trying, and they always, I'm trying, I'm doing my best. And I get, you know, sometimes I get a little frustrated. Well, that's not your best. And, um, Sometimes I feel like maybe that's is a reflection of what God maybe feels about me sometimes. And so I really do just try to do my best and not just to say, like, I'm trying, but to actually try, you know, (laughs) and I'm actually trying and not always succeeding, but I'm actually trying and I and just being a little better each day. And to me, that's being a follower of Christ is just trying to follow in his his way and getting closer a little bit of a time each each day closer to him oh perfect well thank you erica for letting us sit down and hear all about your story thank you